Welcome to Perceptions Today podcast, where we discuss consciousness in all forms. April 2022, episode 19, Mike Ferrito joins us in a roundtable to discuss experiences with life, part one of two. Mike Ferrito is the author of The Hated Ones, Falling from Trees, Sleeping with Fishes, Call Me Guido, Freud's Haberdashery Habits, and Hallucinating Huxley. If you talk to trees, you will have a conversation. And Absolutely right. Something will come back. And then not just too, not too long ago, um, I was meditating, and I was meditating with uh, the idea, with a view to having communication with non-human intelligence. This is an instance of the conversation coming up in the roundtable discussion. Participants knew it was being recorded. Welcome to Perceptions Today. It is UK, the 25th of January, 2022. And today we'll be talking to Mike Ferrito about his experiences with life, putting his stories into books, as well as seeing how he's seen the kind of paranormal and high strangeness because Mike only has an hour and a half, which has been whittled down due to Zoom issues, and we'll try and go from there. Once we go past that point, we will also go on to more questions and answers from the people. And I would just like to introduce to you Melissa from Centered Awareness. Take it away. (laughs) Do not leave her for so long. Sorry, I'm not used to using Zoom. Hi, everybody. My name is Melissa. Um, I'm from Centered Awareness. I provide psychosomatic um, trigger release services for healing. And I'm also a meditation coach. Um, And I also have some psychic medium abilities that I like to use in my therapy sessions. Take it away, Mike. Hey, thank you. Thanks so much, uh, Melissa. And hey, everyone. Uh, I thought maybe a good way to start, uh, if you guys are okay with that, I can, I'm going to actually go off video for a moment and uh, just do a quick song. Is that okay with everyone? That's fine by us. So all those people get ready for something you haven't heard before. Yeah, great. Thank you. Because a lot of what I talk about, I do a lot of writing about music and, um, Music is, and I, I know there, there are people on this, uh, Eileen has talked about, uh, Imaginal Traveler, has talked about the, the power of music and as a, a transformational and really interdimensional. And on so many levels, and I'll talk about that, music has kind of uh, led me to uh, other states of consciousness, other experiences, like a message in a bottle. And I'll explain that further, but... Uh, I've been playing with this, uh, this version of, uh, you know, I'm sure you know the song, and I'm using open tuning, if any of you are musicians out there. So it has a nice ring. Spend my day with a woman of kind, smoke my stuff and drink. Made up my mind, I'm gonna make a new star. Going to California with an aching in my heart. Someone told me there's a girl out there with love in her eyes and flowers in her hair. Love. 
Took my chances on a big jet plane. Never let them tell you that they're all, all the same. The sea was red and the sky was gray. Wondered how tomorrow could ever follow today. The mountains and the canyons start to tremble and shake. The children of the sun begin to wake. Seems that the wrath of the gods got a punch on the nose and started to flow. I think it might be sinking. Throw me a line if I reach it in time. I'll meet you up there where the path runs straight in. High. To find a king without a queen. They say she plays guitar and cries and sings. Ride a white mare on the footsteps of dawn, trying to find a woman that's never, never been born. Standing on the hill in my mountain of dreams, telling myself it's not as hard, as hard as it seems. Oh, yeah. Yay! Yay! Round of applause Yay. from everyone. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. That last note is very is high, and um, you have to be willing to crack into a million pieces uh, if that is you land. Oh, put my guitar down. So, uh, uh, like I said, I I know uh, some of the folks out here have read. Um, you know, Myron's read a, a lot of my work. Um, and most of my work is, is an excuse to write about music. And then I sometimes write rap fiction around it or situations. Um, and that has led me on a path uh, that I'll, I'll kind of talk about a little further. Um, my, my, I had a, a really interesting experience with the publication of a book called Falling from Trees. So I wrote these stories. I know, I know Myron has read them. I know Anthony Peake has read them. I know Helen, who's on the call, has read them. And these stories were, I was a philosophy major undergrad, and these stories were uh, kind of explorations of, of consciousness. Um, and it really preceded me getting into paranormal, paranormal uh, subjects. Um, how do we envision the future intelligence of human beings? Um, I talk about things like climate change. Um, is what's the, uh, what's the, uh, are we interconnected with all beings, with, uh, you know, human, non-human, uh, oceans, rivers, uh, planets? Um, to some cultures, this isn't a new idea. Uh, you know, I, I also was writing, uh, over the past two years, I've been writing, uh, interviewing and writing up the interviews, uh, talking to indigenous American uh, people. And from all walks of life, some people are professors, some are artists, some are musicians, photographers. It's been an incredible experience that 
people have let me into their world and afforded me a great deal of trust. And if you can imagine, uh, you look at the indigenous American population, they constitute 1% of the total population in this country. And they once roamed the land and they were the only people here. So it's, it's devastating the history that I learned. But when you uh, look at some of the ideas that are implicit, even in the language, um, in the Apache language, the word for mind is the word for land. It's kind of interesting. Uh, the Haudenosaunee uh, have this notion of the seven generations. So what I do now has impact seven generations hence. And, you know, there are other cultures as well, uh, Tibetan Buddhists, uh, that have this notion. You look at Tibetan paintings and you see Buddhas upon Buddhas upon Buddhas sitting upon Buddhas and we hold each other up. We, we support each other in, in the way that we're doing this now. And um, I know I'm rambling, but it's, it's going somewhere. So in one of my stories, uh, Climbing Time, in, that's in Falling from Trees, I write about uh, people with Asperger's. And this was a little bit influenced by if any of you have read Philip K. Dick and his, uh, his telepaths who are able to see uh, and precognitives, they can see into the future. And they have what society would call an, you know, an aberration. Something is not working properly. But people like Myron, who when he suffers from an, an epileptic uh, seizure, he has a mind expansion experience. When Anthony Peake has migraines, he writes about his how that augments his uh, experience. And in general, there, there's interesting work. Uh, Roland Griffiths, he's a neuroscientist. And in one of his studies, he looked at what happens when we, when we look at people, for, for instance, who are on a psychedelic drug. Do we see more activity in their brain on a, on a scan? And ironically, we don't. We see less. And so I, this, this idea of the brain in, in, is, in some respects, is kind of can be a barrier to what we can experience in consciousness. And I think as all the people on this call know, uh, the, in paranormal studies, there's this notion of the, the trickster. And the universe is just, can I curse Paul, by the way? Okay. Uh, I'd like to try and keep it friendly, but I do make okay. the podcast an explicit thing. But if you're going to go on a rant for 40 odd um, words oh, at a time, no, you can have yeah. the one or two. I was just going to say, <laughs> to go is in no. there, <laughs> I won't curse you. Just to uh, kind of click in, I was going to yeah. say that when you're talking about going all the way down, there's a good song that was introduced to me by RN Voot, which happens to be if he's still in the room, he was at one stage, or he's still here which was Sturgill Simpson's Turtles All the Way Down, which I've just mm. put into the chat there. And also Stuart Hammeroff was talking about the fact when we did a video about how, yes, with the fMRIs, when they did give people psilocybin intravenously, that you do go internally down, but it becomes more intense experience as well as time dilation as well. I think you... I'm not sure if you heard me at that point when you put the headphones on. No, I, I, I did hear you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So continue. I just thought those were interesting points to add to what you were talking about. 
No, thank you. And I, and I really do want to hear from you all because, uh, you know, I've been joining these calls and getting great insights. These are just my ideas. These are ideas of one uh, person, uh, but I'm interested in your takes on it. If I can just kind of breeze through some things and then. Oh, um, yeah. Do you want yeah. me to let people. Oh, you want to breeze through, then put their hands up or it, talk to you actually, as you bring it, points up. If, they raise their it, hands. If, if people want to jump in please jump in and, you know, feel free. That's totally cool with me. We'll get through it. Okay. So we're stick to the same kind of game, raise your hand if you want, and then we don't over talk people and I'll get the order right. And we'll do it on the brief kind of routine for question and answers. If we're all happy with that. Sure. There is signs of life out there. Good. Are we all still here? I can't hear any sound. I can hear, well, I can hear you, Melissa, but I can't hear anything else. <laughs> I, I think Paul's audio went a little. Uh, I think Paul's dropped. Oh no, he's here. Paul, can you hear us? You're on, unmute yourself. Can you hear me? I was My? having a little My? moment to myself. No, I was just watching everybody. Right. So, Wild Eyes, as soon as we said you can start, Wild Eyes has got a question straight out of the bat. So, I can hear people, but I think the fact that Mike paused hang on where is mike is he still oh, here? i'm here i'm here i just yes, i just went off here. video it's so, off stream. Yeah. it's not on video yeah. right okay no all my icons changed location and i couldn't spot where you are <laughs> because we've had people pop in and out and become multiple mics i'm kind of a little confused today right <laughs> um this might seem a little strange question wise but if you could go back in time is there anything that you would change or would you make notes to yourself for the future? Is that, that's a question to me? Uh-huh. Uh, well, so let me answer it this way. Um, so I, I just wrote a book. Uh, it just came out. It's called The Hated Ones. And it's about growing up in New York City in the 70s uh, and sort of mid-70s and 80s. I know Myron has read it. I believe Helen has read it, too. And they're pretty awful, terrible stories. So, and uh, of it's depicting people I knew. Uh, the narrator, who is kind of availed me, uh, is you know he's got a lot of faults. He's he's kind of a shitty person, a bad person. Um, however, those stories really were. It feels like those stories were sent to me from the past into the future. It was. So doing some of the things that I did, which were not, uh, uh, they didn't make me look good. And the way I wrote them, I didn't want them to make me look good. I wanted me and the people depicted to not look good, to be realistic, and even to push that a bit. So to answer your question, if I had changed the things, if I had grown up differently, I wouldn't have written that book. And okay. writing has been a kind of, a kind of a, a time loop for me. It feels like, and I will get to that a little later, how it, after reading, falling, writing, falling from trees, I then began reading things that were as if I'd read, I'd read things before I wrote that, that book. Did that answer your question? Yes, it did. And thank you. What, what are your thoughts on that? What, what would, what would you do? Do you think you would want to go back in time and change some things? No, I know I wouldn't want to change it, but I probably would cheat a little bit and write a couple of notes. 
And I probably lose those on the way anyways. You know how the wonders of, of the world work. Okay. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah. I think, sorry for going on that route. With the way that these topics and conversations have been going over the months and years when we've all been bumping into people independently, I think you need the kinds of the ups and the downs to get you into the position to be with the right people at the right time. And that's the kind of thing that I'm starting to feel from the rest of the people, even though we still look at it in a very skeptical way and not try and give it any bias in any way. you got to go through those experiences, whether mm-hmm. it's good or bad. It's true. Mike, can you hear me? I do now. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I was, uh, I was meditating on this, this time travel and go back to the past kind of thing. And, and, you know, we have a tendency to idolize certain aspects of the past and not look at the real past. That many people are living longer now that, you know, there's less poverty that I mean, there's all kinds of things going on today that weren't, weren't even there when I was young. When I was young, they only had two drugs for epilepsy and neither one of them worked. So, you know, and that was only 74 years ago when, uh, when I was doing that. So when it comes to what time you would want to live in, uh, I lived in an idealistic community, Inglewood, California, that was all white, that was had no crime. I had a very safe childhood, but it was all an illusion because all around us was black communities and, and, and uh, we had no Chinese, no Japanese at all, except one market. And that was it. I mean, the whole high school was white and it was just a kind of, you know, my, my, uh, my classmates from that, that time say, you know, it was a great time to be alive as to be a young guy, a young person, because you were so safe, but really and truly all around us was chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, this is before the sixties. This was, I, I grew up in the, in the forties and fifties and, um, and there was a whole beat generation going on. There was all kinds of things going on that I had never connected to until I was about 10 years old. And then I connected to it. But I was just, my point was that when you start talking about time travel, you're talking about a lot of terrible things. If you think about the 19th century, just the 19th century was horrific. You had the Civil War, you had revolutions. I mean, and the 18th century was horrific too. And people were dying from scratches on their arms. And, you know, the idealism of the past is really a myth. Is really a myth. And right now is the time to be alive. As long as you can use the time to your advantage rather than you know, say, well, I like to go back to my childhood. Well, yeah, that would be great, except that I, I wouldn't be where I am if I went back to my childhood and it was different. So mm-hmm. I think that, that uh, um, I mean, all of, all of my, my family grew up on farms in the South. 
and they had slaves and the whole nine yards. So um, time travel out of body is okay. Time travel and actually going back and living in those times, I think you would find yourself shocked on how it actually looked and how it actually, how, how it functioned. You know, uh, and it's just a, it's just my take on it. When I was meditating the other day, I was thinking about, you know, time travel and, and going back into time. And, and when I played around with that, I actually went out of body and went back to, I can go back to myself in multiple dimensions. Like when I'm 14 and when I'm 20 and when I'm 25 and when I'm eight and when I'm nine, I can go back and have all those going on at the same time and see them all walking around. And it's it's just it's just a very um, seductive idea that going back to the past is somehow uh, better than being alive right now. And I think that I just don't think it's true. I think going back, I think going on is more important than going back. So it's just my opinion. So I just wanted to throw that in. Those are good opinions. I know that we've got two hands up as well as we've got text that's come in the chat section. I don't know if Mike's actually seen what's been written in the chat section by, by Brad or not. Uh, let me if take not, a look. I will read it out otherwise. Oh, please, yeah. It's not there. Please. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll read out the one from the text, then we go on to Cosmic. Now, only I know you are known as only on, obviously, Twitter. I don't know how you'd like to be recognized here but um we'll find that out once we get to your question so anyway brad jones in the chat says so paul before you go ahead i just need to let you know that um i'm using zoom on my phone and it's really tricky for me to see um who's put their hand up first and things like that so i'm doing my best to keep on top of it but um yeah i just thought i'd let you know relax just be an observer today i've got everything open i've got multiple okay. ways of looking at this all right cool okay right so as i was saying brad jones says i experience recognition messages from other people with their minds absent concerning my information field it's the same recognition that now i'll scroll this down that i experience but the message sometimes comes from other people brad's been here under different names before and has joined in the conversation. So once you've responded to that, Cosmic is next. And so, you know, it's interesting that you say that. I think when, when you become open uh, to, to conversations, and I'll give you a few examples, uh, Brad, because I, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I started to, what is it called? Uh, I think the book is called Tree Bathing. I don't remember what it was called. Um, but it, it's, it's how to talk to trees, so for example. And I started to, this was during COVID. I was spending more time uh, outside. And if you talk to trees, you will have a conversation. And Absolutely right. Something will come back. And then not just too, not too long ago, um, I was meditating, and I was meditating with uh, the idea, with a view to having communication with non-human intelligence. 
And I meditated and was imagining myself like on the earth, outside of the earth, moving beyond the solar system, moving into the center of the galaxy, moving beyond multiple clusters of galaxies. And I can tell you that somewhere along the way, something happened that uh, something Brad was coming from somewhere and it wasn't me. Interesting. Uh, and we have these things all the time occur in dreams, occur in if we're receptive, if we turn our antennas on. Uh, I, I know Imaginal Traveler has had those experiences uh, too because we've had some communication on that. Uh, would anyone else like to, to talk about what their experience has been uh, opening to other conversations? I think Cosmic Anoni will do as well, and then Melissa. Are you opening the forum to me? <laughs> yes, just... please. Yeah. Okay. Please. Really, uh, what I wanted to know is uh, I know that we all have had our own experiences and some of us have, have had wow experiences and some of us have had a series of experiences of our lifetimes. Have you had like a wow experience that all of a sudden you went, oh, I get it now. Or were you one of those people that had a series of experiences since the time you were a kid and you just build and build and build on it? Hmm. That's a great question. I think, and I, I, I have a, a novel I'm working on now that, that addresses just that. Um, I took uh, LSD a few times when I was about, say, 17 to 20 something, 21 or so. And I had really just powerful experiences and I, I probably took more than I should have really um, <laughs> bad judgment <laughs> um, but a friend of mine encouraged me to take I think it was six hits of, uh, of blotter. Well, do remember that we are going to be using this and if you want me to cut it out remember I will yeah. cut out anything you feel yeah. and deem is inappropriate. Yeah it, it's okay it's okay uh, thank you though but I think though that experience was very very pivotal and I feel like I've been what the, the question was asked do you regret having done certain things would you change certain things that experience has been kind of mailed to me in the future and um i've had uh i've, I've talked about uh, uh diana Pasuka and i just read her book yeah. american cosmic i'm a i'm a book person i'm a feeling person too but i read a lot her book and is I, very good i read that a couple of years ago so yeah i know what chuck march is saying here <laughs> Yeah, it's very, very good. And uh, um, I would say what she talks about that people get, and also Jeffrey Kripala talks about this notion of being flipped. And I would say that at some point, and after I wrote Falling from Trees, which is all about being flipped, which is all about opening your ears, your eyes, your pores, your mind, your heart, your soul to conversation with the universe. It's all about that. I just didn't know it. When I was writing it, I was writing as a poet, as a writer, as a thinker. Uh, but clearly, uh, there were. I'm, I'm, I'm finding my way back to that book now through other people's works and through uh, opening up to other channels. So, uh, and I love what she says that the human body is a spaceship. That the UFO isn't out there. We we're pointing to this galaxy and looking That's for right. it's it's just here. It's you know you you can transport through 
the medium of color. I talk about that in one of my stories, uh, the, the yellow of a dandelion, I think it's called, and how just the color, the yellow could be a transport to another dimension, to another experience. Um, the next, the nearest galaxy, the nearest star is 20,000 years away into what are conventional methods of travel. Uh, we're just, it's just not an option at the moment, <laughs> right? Um, and I think that there is this notion of interconnectedness of what I mentioned, the this, this seven generations, uh, the Buddhist notion of interconnectedness that right here in this moment is, is everything. It's all here. And, you know, how do we get to there? I'm not saying I'm an expert and I possess some great knowledge. I'm just an experiencer like everyone else here. Well, thank you. That you, you answered my question. Well, thank it. you. Thank you, Cosmic. One day we get this all organized on how to not over talk everyone when all internet connections are simultaneous. Superb. I think the way that you're going with the conversation really does apply to all the things that we look at on the consciousness front, which is great. Oni, do you want to be referred to as Oni at the moment? Uh, either way, you prefer it's all fine. Uh, I hope you are all good, guys. I hope you're all good. It's can nice to see you again. Yes, we can hear you. It's nice to see you. haven't been able to speak to you for a while. So if you have a question yeah. or something to put there, that'd be great. Uh, uh, one thing that I'll ask, uh, I'll need that book, How to Talk with Trees, because of at the moment I'm, I'm struggling. I just want to talk with some trees around me. Uh, we have like interesting conversation, but we're getting there. And one of the things that, that I want to ask, how does uh, time traveling uh, relating to prophecy? Like uh, if you can able to see the future kind of a thing. I don't know how how hmm. am I going to put this. It's, it's quite crazy in a way, but you know, it's all right. How does it relate to prophecy? Like you can able to see tomorrow or mm. the future in a way and that thing happens as well how does it relate to that that's one of the things that uh, I want to know Like, uh, is it time traveling that you can able to see the future but at a, at a specific uh, time not always but at a specific time that the, it does happen that you see that one, two, three is going to happen and you act on it. Is it, is it you traveled or what's happening? Hmm. So uh, thank you for the question. And I, I may, uh, I think maybe Melissa or uh, Eileen uh, may be able to better answer that or a cosmic librarian. Uh, I, I'm not sure, you know, for myself, I, I'm, I'm cautious of, I, I, I'm not looking to look to the future. Uh, I, just for me, and I'm not saying that one shouldn't. I'm just saying for me, uh, what's interesting is uh, I find that so much of my precognition happened in the past. I'm catching up with myself. I'm slow. Uh, does anyone else feel that they have some experience that's more pertinent that they can answer Shadow Fox or Melissa? Well, as far as as far as prophecy goes, or 
or or any of those things. I've had precognitions probably all my life about my own future, and every one of them has come true. So to quote Anthony, you know, Anthony Peak, um, in a way, you know, we're all, we've already lived the future and we're just, we're just, you know, connecting through it through synchronicity. And, and uh, I don't know if that's true or not. And it really doesn't make any difference. What's true or what it, what makes a difference is what you experience. And, and I have actually seen multiple realities of myself in the future. And then when I, when I caught up with those futures, like I said in the last one, about seeing all the paintings in the in the room and then ending up in a room with all kinds of paintings, you know, 40 years later, um, I've seen a lot of those. I even ha- I even have those in the army, and um, so either the future already exists, or we are if we expand our mind, it encompasses the entire universe, and the entire universe has always existed and always always will exist cosmically not not actually i think those are two different philosophical subjects and they're very complicated and we're not going to go into that but i just want to re i just wanted to, to respond to what he was saying and that is that that uh, i've had a lot of precognition and i i know for sure and i have witnesses that these things happen now why they happen i think that's a bigger question and a more important question. Why is it that something would show me the future when I can just wait and experience it? I mean, what, what is the purpose? And that's what I've spent a lot of time looking at. What is it? Why is it? And how is it that these things are vouchsafed to me when I'm going to live them anyway? So I think that's a more important question that, than you know, can you see the future and all that kind of stuff? Because I, I guarantee you, you can see the future. I've done it. That's you quite know, true, Myron, because I can tell, and I've told people before, that I've had multiple accidents. And while I'm just in the process of having that accident, I'm kind of shown kind of multiple ways that those accidents can turn out from the worst case scenario through to the best case of surviving it. And that is literally, you know, okay, we're going forward a few seconds or so but you're giving that information it's not kind of like days in advance that you're getting it in those particular situations but you might not think that's prophecy at the time that it's happening to you it depends mm-hmm. on how your brain's interpreting the information that's coming in at the time yes these, it's these words that really make it complicated <laughs> you know as soon as you say a word it has all these meanings. If I say God, it has all kinds of meanings. If I say time travel, it has all kinds of meanings. If I say prophecy, it has all kinds of meanings. And I, I really like to go back to the fact that I have the experience of the future. Now, you can call that whatever you want, and I really don't need a definition. All I know is I have them, and when I have them, they come true. And that's enough for me. And I do have witnesses that I have told things to, and they know that those things happen. So um, that it, it, the word problem is, is, is very difficult when it comes to definitions of things. 
because I mean, I listen to philosophers all the time, and they just go around in circles. It's just endless with with the uh, with, with their with their endless conversations and words and front sentences and all the rest. When they could just answer the question, but they don't because they don't really have an answer. But anyway, that's that. I just wanted to back up the fact that, that there is precognition. You can't help yourself. I thought that was Melissa chiming yeah. in, was it? No, that was me. I think okay, right. If I could just um, put in very briefly to his question um, on another dynamic, um, because I believe when we're talking about this as a uh, something in a general terms, everything can happen in a field of all possibilities and so if i can give an example if someone comes to me and say um i'm giving a reading this is they've asked for some information some help whatever and they come to me and they say well um gee what choice should i do should i become a fireman or should i like uh go into uh nursing or being a mailman well, the idea is that those possibilities can transpire and come into manifestation based upon how that person is giving focus and energy to it. So I'm not a fortune teller, and I would never uh, go down that highway. However, if at that point in given time, that person can say, okay, well, I'm really looking and focusing on being a fireman. Well, they can be that fireman. The moment they pull out of my driveway, they can change their mind and shift that focus and be something else. So it's just another little concept there. But when we look at things, and he was asking specifically that um, portion of um, in, in future events, anything can be construed and manifested within that future um, identity. So I think it, at some point in time when you, you can recognize when you've worked within this field, whether it's through dream time or altered states or going into different dimensions, you really kind of get the vibration and the feel of what's gonna come forward sometimes it's information from your guides and it's it's like spot on so i think there's those ideas that people have a conceived idea or perception for what they think or how it's going to turn out and they're looking for somebody else to validate what they themselves would know or could ask and get the answers to so i just had to put my two cents in I like your two cents. Uh, so about the book of trees, how can I get it? Oh, uh, following from trees. Um, I'll, I'll put it in, uh, if that's okay with, uh, uh, with you guys' uh, perceptions today, I'll put it in the chat window. Yeah. Oni, did you mean the book about hugging trees and doing that? Oh, or did oh. you actually meant the book that Mike's actually authored? Now the book of how you can make a conversation with trees. Oh, let me find it, and um, I'll find it, and I'll I'll put it in. Um, I just got up to look at my bookshelf, so I'll find it and, and put it in the uh, uh, 
in the chat. It's a, it's a great book. It's very short too. And it comes from a Japanese tradition of it's kind of forest bathing and there's, they actually build parks to accommodate this. And uh, you're, you could have a city area that you, you get off, you're quickly in, in the deep of a park. It's kind of interesting. And to so this to is, that, yeah. sorry, Mike, I thought you had a pause. <laughs> Just no, can't okay, see you. Please. There's also been a study and also they use in Japan, the fact for healing that they've recognized that, plants within an environment where someone's actually in recovery speeds that up so hospitals have also got these gardens that have been designed for that they also mm. found even just painting one wall green within say an intensive care area where you're in a bed that actually helps speed recovery which was a fascinating one i mean these reports have been coming out for the last five ten years i've also just put into the standard well i haven't put it in there yet to everyone there's a good researcher called Monica Gagliano, probably ah. murdered that mm -hmm. name, and her books on communicating with plants is fantastic. She's in Australia. Oh, one more thing I'd like to add is that don't make it difficult on yourself because as long as you realize that you're already part of all that, including that tree, then communicating with it won't be so hard. Mm-hmm. If you see yourself as being part of that and anything, any other living thing or even some non-living things, if you realize and understand that you are part of them and they're part of you, then you don't have to wait for some kind of message like, hello, I'm a tree. You will feel that energy from that tree. All you got to do is look at it with love, send it love, and it's going to communicate with you. I, I'm telling you, it'll be really easy. That's so true. I mean, we're going to get Melissa in next, but the kind of viewpoint I think most of the people in this room have that consciousness is everything and then materialism and everything else is inside that with other dimensions and everything else. So you're all kind of all part of one anyway. It's just recognizing those kind of twitches and feelings that make you realize you are communicating in certain ways. Melissa? Um, so just two things that I wanted to mention. One of them was in, I think someone was saying that I think it was um, something Fox was saying shadow Fox in regards to reading the future for, for people and things like that. Um, I, I, I do tarot as well. And um, I, I, I use it more. I don't know what, certain symbols mean in the tarot cards for me it's more about using you know zoning in on whatever jumps out at me first and using that as a point of meditation and then I usually get the guidance through through that and what I and this is also based on my experience in going to a psychic as well over the years is that I find the future is never 100% concrete because um you know, they're only going to ever tell you the most probable path that you're going to take because we've got free will and anyone else that's involved in that situation also has free will. Uh, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, but um, I, I, I've just learned that, you know, they'll say, oh, this is what's going to happen, blah, 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 blah. But then I can easily say, well, no, that's not what I want to happen. I want to go this way. Um, and 
the other thing I wanted to mention as well was when we were talking about talking to trees. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but I used to meditate religiously, like an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening. And I remember just catching the glimpse of this tree and I could see the gold aura around the tree. And I just remember thinking, wow, that's beautiful. And um, I kept looking at it. And once my mind got in the way, then the gold aura started to, to disappear. And it, was, it wasn't any, it, the, the thoughts were just little things like, oh my gosh, I wonder how long I can stare at this for, or I wonder if I look away, I'll see other trees look like just, just the mind was starting to interfere. And yeah, it's, it's really interesting how you kind of, it made me realize a lot about the mind and meditation and, and, you know, the more you meditate, you can, you can look beyond the veil and, and not let the mind get in the way. So that was the first experience I ever had with seeing the aura of a tree. And I since then have tried so hard to get it back, but haven't been able to. And that I think that also boils down to me now. Melissa, I need trying. to make you connect with Myron because when Myron sits and does meditation, he's actually seen tree aura turn up as well. Okay. See, for me now, I think it's more because I'm trying so hard for, to have that experience again. My mind's really getting in the way where I, I'm, you know, I need to just sit with it. And it, it just kind of, I don't know, it just, it was like a spur of the moment thing. I just took a glimpse of it and I noticed, wow, my goodness, it's gold. The, the leaves, like the line around the leaves were gold. It was beautiful, a beautiful experience. You know, as far as answering your, question, your statement there, uh, when I'm on the mountain, which I go to a lot, um, the first thing I do is greet three trees. I've been greeting those trees for over 40 years. I walk up to them, I hug them, I say good morning, I go to the next one, I go to the next one. It's a ritual that I do. And um, sometimes they morph into other beings, like they're still trees, but they, they might have they might speak to me. They might uh, they might morph into a, a being. All kinds of things happen um, because the energy, I think, is ubiquitous. I think it just permeates me and the tree. Uh, and sometimes when uh, I'm when I'm out, when I'm trying to get back from uh, expanded consciousness, and I'm trying to get back to the regular world. Uh, I'll ha I will go to the tree and just hug it, and some somehow the tree helps me release myself so I can get back into the regular world, even though I've been out five or six hours in cosmic consciousness, I call it. But the uh, I think that it's not just trees, it's nature, it's rocks, it's the sky above, the mud below, it's grass, it's flowers, it's 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 the whole pantheon of natural existence that we're all part of. Our atoms all go into those same places they go to. And I think we're just all connected. I remember I was, I, when I went to the Redwoods, you know, they're, they, they are, they're guessing that some of them are 3000 years old, maybe 4,000 years old. And they're like, they were like old grandparents. They were just, 
so magical and wonderful. I never felt so calm as I did in the presence of those giant redwoods in California. And um, it's, it's just, it's just our way. I mean, American Indians always connected to all natural things, no matter what they were. I'm just going to pause you, Myron, because I've just been told before you get too far away from the point that you're making with Melissa, that Mike has got something which will be worthwhile adding to that point. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. And, and Myron, just as you were saying, so thank you for making that point. I, I think we we get so caught up in our egos and ourselves. And, you know, to some extent, the, the society around us is invested in us forgetting ourselves and just kind of being caught in the cycle of chasing down consumer products and nonsense. But when you look around, you see the earth, the rivers, the soil, the, the, the animals, plants, which we eat, you know, we consume. We are made up of animals and plants. Exactly. Who are fed exactly. on sun, soil, rivers, oceans, animals, and plants. We are continuous with the earth. And I think that um, uh, when we have, when we sink down and have, as you're describing, we have these moments, uh, there's, there's great opportunity for a profound experience. Not, and it doesn't come easy. Um, as Melissa was saying, sometimes you can intellectually force it. it, it it's got to come to you. It's got to, it's, these things are not, so binary. So that that's all I just wanted to augment from what you were saying. No, I think you just think. have to make you have to make yourself available. I think that's the right mm -hmm. term. If you mm -hmm. make yourself available, i.e., okay, I, I am now available to this to this tree, this rock, this whatever, then it then the connection is made. If you try to force it in with your ego, it won't work. Mm -hmm. uh, because the tree's not intimidated by your ego. So uh, I think if it's, if, it's a, if it's a divine cosmic self that is trying to connect with another divine cosmic self, I think that the connection is made just like that. I mean, I can make it in five minutes if I just open myself up. If I'm closed, then it ain't going to happen. So that's, that's so true because Shadow Fox has got something to add to that as well. Yeah, thank you. I, and I, before we get too far away from the trees, I would just like to um, make a comment that um, some of you know that I was, I have Native American traditions, culture, and um, when, what we would do, and this would be something because my brother and I always used to fight terribly when we, I was, we were younger, and right. my father would um separate us and he would now this was not for being punished or anything like that but we would go and he would put us with our backs against the tree and he would sit there and say you know what point was the other person making what point are you making and now ask the tree what the actual point is and we learned how to listen um, because trees carry such beautiful energy and wisdom. And so I'm just going to, there's, I know there's a few people in this room that have truly worked with different elements and water and wind and so on and so forth. And trees of themselves or plants, they're rooted, they're there. They give beauty or food or scent. And um, 
So trees are just really just standing, hanging out, waiting for everybody to look at them. And there's a technique, a, a thing that I do, and I've demonstrated this for um, my children, and I've taught my children how to do it. And all it really is, is in the asking. So you have a grove of trees, maybe three or four, and they're grouped together. And um, they have leaves on them. Ask the tops of the leaves to wave, to say hello, and the lower ones not. Or one tree to wave, and the other ones not. That's where you have communication. That's where it's fun, and you can find that validation that trees offer insight and it's kind of fun and it's beautiful because I go out and I recognize nature but yet nature speaks and nature is really looking at at fulfilling um their their promise to be a part of us and there is communication so I just had to add that in there for you guys it's just it's nothing's going to happen unless you ask but um, the one thing I would I do have to put in here very briefly is that I um, am going to be called away here in a moment. So I'm going to probably stay in the room, but um, I have to step away. I have a, a some there's like an emergency that's just come up and I do have to take a call. OK, sorry to hear that. But um, yeah, hopefully you can come back and maybe next week, possibly go on for the head trauma if you're up for that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. So just ask the trees to wave at you. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> I shall hand the floor back to yourself, Mike. Oh, yeah. Um, but guys, it's all, all great stuff. I, I really appreciate it. Um, and th there's one one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit um, is I think my my earliest you know, there are paths to get to higher consciousness or, or I don't know, more enriched, engaged consciousness. It could be through, you know, magic. It could be through meditation. It could be through Buddhism. It could be through another spiritual practice. These are just, they're like forms of music. It's ways to get to places. Uh, just like there may be myriad non-human intelligences in the universe uh, there are myriad ways to get to uh, some other experience. Um, I, I like the notion of, uh, I, I find the notion of emptiness, the Buddhist notion of emptiness, interesting. And I wrote, um, I wrote about this in, in one uh, a book that's coming out. So let me tell you a little bit about the book that's coming out. And uh, through a series of interviews, I, I often do, interviews with musicians, and then these will be written up, they'll be put into newspapers, magazines. I did an interview with, he's a pretty famous bluegrass musician, although he's gone way beyond that. He does, he's actually a self-proclaimed Buddhist. And he, he, he has music that really spans categories, um, but his, his core background was bluegrass. If any of you on the phone, on the call are familiar with Bill Monroe, he was considered the father of bluegrass. Anyway, through a, an incredible set of circumstances, I got to talk to, his name is Peter Rowan, and, and I got to meet him. And this was just supposed to be a, like a quick interview, you write up a thing, you move on. And something really struck me. I mean, this guy put a spell on me, he really did. And it, it, you know, because partially I was open, my pores were open, and when he spoke, 
you know, I heard poetry, I heard music, I heard it just, I was having dreams. I was having a, a rush of dreams that I started to write down. And, you know, it sound, it's, it, it almost sounded like, what did, did you have a crush on the guy? No, no. Uh, I think he profoundly uh, uh, inspired me. And in a feverish pitch, absolutely feverish, I wrote a, a very short book, which was based on the interviews, but which branched into, it just leapt, it, it got, it took off from that interview into dreamscape into, I said to Peter, this book is about how bluegrass created the universe. He kind of chuckled. He didn't know me well enough at that point. And then I began sending him excerpts and then he read, he read pretty much the whole book. And he actually wrote the forward now. So he wrote the forward to the book. It's in production, it's gonna come out. One of the things that I talked about, and I'm curious to get your inputs, um, it's this notion of Buddhist emptiness. So I'll give you an example. So when you look at an object in your house, say like a couch. To help our research and understanding, leave Perceptions Today's podcast reviews, subscribe to the podcast, along with the other social media accounts and share. Come and join our live events. That way we can get together and have thoughtful discussions along with advancing our understanding of concepts as we go along.